0: This is the Nomad Futurist Podcast, a podcast about the evolution of technology, society, and transformation. Connect with us, share your thoughts with us at nomadfuturist.com. Let's get this started. Here are Phil and Nabil. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Nomad Futurist. This is your co-host, Nabil Mahmoud from Kona, Hawaii. This is your co-host, Philip Collins from Montclair, New Jersey.
1: Phil, it's just you and I, what a year this has been. It's uh, it's It's been a crazy one. It's tough to see that it's over, but it feels like it's lasted forever. It's one of those uh, weird situations where it feels like the beginning of the year was just yesterday and uh, a million years ago.
0: And it looks like we haven't really made much progress in the last couple of years. We're still living a virtual life. <laughs> but the uh, thing is that we were able to spend some time together this year.
1: Well, well we were. better For better and worse. For better and worse. But, uh, what, what a year it was. But it seems like... Uh, The second we start getting comfortable with uh, the new normal, it comes uh, smacking us back in the face, right? So the variant of the moment is is keeping us in our collective boxes.
0: So what we want to do today is kind of go over what happened in 2021, both on personal, professional and the technology level, and just catch up with people and tell them what we were up to in 2022. What are some of the goals that uh, we've set forth for us
1: personally and professionally and for the podcast and the foundation? Right. Sounds like a good idea. We started this year with with Vint Cerf, I think. Was he the first the first podcast of the year? He was. Yes. The father of the Internet. father of the Internet. And and that podcast was recorded on January 6th, randomly. And Vint, who is based in in Virginia, was talking to us like during I don't remember if he had actually made it to the to the recording, but he was talking to us about how crazy The events of January 6th were in his backyard, which was the whole whole, uh, situation in Capitol. So it started, it definitely started with a bang this year.
0: Yeah, that was quite an interesting time. Um, So... (laughs) So as we look at uh, technology, particularly in 2021, it can always be interesting to reflect on what we thought was going to happen and what actually came to fruition. Reflecting at everything from hybrid work to multi-cloud to 5G, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and all the fun technology integrations, how would you wrap up 2021 for us?
1: Look, I don't. I don't know that. Uh, I'd have to go back and, and look at some of the recordings to see if any predictions that we made did or did not come true. I think it's tough to to categorize those predictions on on such a small time frame. But look, I think that we ended twenty twenty with everyone kind of engrossed in this work from home uh, acceleration of uh, of of the, the the digital disruption and 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 all that. And I think to the extent that our uh, predictions were that there was going to be some permit to that, that type of disruption, that going back to work was going to change fundamentally to a more collaborative type of uh, situation. I think that that was certainly borne out. If it if it wasn't before Omicron, it seems like it is, it is only further entrenched where anybody that had plans to go back to work, I think Google announced the other day that they have shelved their Going back to the office plan forever. It's just not even, there's not even a schedule anymore because there's no point. So I think there's, there's a level of permanence to, to the disruption that we've had and, 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 and we will be in this kind of hybrid working from home, leveraging digital means of, of communication as, as, as much as possible. And the in-person activities that we finally were able to experience in 2021 will continue to have significantly more meaning. In, in the years to come because they're gonna they're going to be fewer and further between. I, I don't think I, I don't foresee a scenario where people are going to gather with the same frequency that they did prior to prior prior to COVID. What do you think?
0: I totally agree with that. I think it's all become like a norm whereby people are, you know, fine with staying and working from home moving we away from the metropolitan cities into the nomad lifestyle. They can be at a beach and working.
1: Only we could get a nickel for everybody that became a nomad. I feel like we should get some credit for that.
0: Exactly, that'd be great. What do you think about the the whole resignation era that started with COVID as being the initiator?
1: I think it's a. I think it's an interesting one. We started to see this type of disruption in certain verticals. Uber was disrupting people that had uh, taxis and 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 whatnot. This giggy type of lifestyle. Airbnb disrupting hotels where people can then rent out their their homes and whatnot. So I think. That what what COVID allowed people to do because they were in their in their homes was to make the determination that they didn't have to focus on 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 sing, a singular project. They didn't have to be beholden to a singular company. And people started recognizing the value that 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 they are to their organizations is kind of a commodity in and of itself. So everyone became, too a certain, I want I want to say everyone, but. A lot of the people that were capable of working from home kind of recognized that they can really start their own enterprise, be more in control of their own destiny, and still have the same, if not more, level of, of fulfillment within their careers. It was no—it's we've gone to the the world had had evolved away from the large corporate mindset even prior to COVID. But uh, I think that people have started moving away from the idea that they are defined by the company that they work for and started moving towards this notion that they they and still provide a level of benefit to uh, a number of different organizations and mitigate some of their exposure, be more in control of their schedules, be more in control of their finances where they are um, not necessarily working to benefit someone else, but working to, to really benefit themselves. And you see it across verticals. Obviously, the technology one is, is a huge one. And at the same time, you had companies that were more comfortable outsourcing key elements of their own organizations because just the physical notion of having, like you call the bums and seats, has been so irrevocably disrupted that the, the the distinction between having an employee and having, call it a contractor or a vendor, has been so blurred. That companies are no longer that uncomfortable with outsourcing some of their their internalized labor, whether it's sea level or or down the line, and and people are standing for some of that benefit. I will also say that to a certain extent, I think the I don't want to get into a tax discussion because it's not really my purview, but there are some elements of the tax code that, again, prior to COVID, were were designed in such a way to get people to start up their own LLCs, even if they weren't planning on starting their own businesses because of issues with, with itemized deductions and things like that, where it just is not that, that form of stretch to suggest that you can take that LLC and, and turn it into an actual gainful employment that gives you a lot more control.
0: A massive changes have occurred over the last two years. You and I had this conversation, as a matter of fact, sitting at PTC in Hawaii, that when I got
1: it seems yeah. like last year, I like sometimes I say last year at PTC when I really mean two yeah, years ago, two years ago, two <laughs> years ago. Well, hopefully we'll be able to
0: make that in the next couple of weeks. Oh, oh absolutely. that'll be fine. but we we had talked about the whole digital transformation, and we were so laughing at it back then, whereby we've been preaching this, advocating it for the last decade, and it hasn't sunk in yet. Now, over the last two years, it's become a norm. Everybody's talking about digital transformation as part of their business. What are your thoughts on that with it being cross automation, with it being robotics, connectivity and or organizational change?
1: Where do you think we are? I, I mean, look, I think the you and I have been in like the critical infrastructure business as long as it has been a business. So just the notion of like the people that ran the IT organizations being for something, but the vision not really making sense to the people that control the purse strings. Um, is not a foreign one to, to people that have been ensconced in that world. I think what, what COVID did was it showed the need for it because when people aren't at home, you need to have all of this capability internally to be able to manage your business remotely. And it just can't be... Like the stuff that you were you were comfortable with from from the eighties and nineties and beyond, so a lot of the elements that will likely be preached within organizations, whether it was you know financial or legal or or just name a vertical, it doesn't really matter. To the extent that those weren't areas that the powers that be were comfortable investing in or didn't take it seriously, they were forced kicking and screaming in some cases to to take it seriously, and those companies that did. Invest in 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 digital transformation within those organizations over the course of the last decade. Were shown to 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 be able to respond and to to the disruption associated with with COVID and lockdowns and work from home so much more quickly that it like the the flexibility of it all became a key differentiator in their businesses, and I, I don't think there's any. Putting the genie back in that bottle. Look, obviously human nature is gonna to continue to be human nature. So it's not like all of a sudden uh the powers that be as that as they were will have an epiphany when it comes to other things, because sometimes people need to be smacked over the head with something to to prove that it's 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 needed. But I think this was such a large scale disruption and it will so fundamentally alter the way organizations do business and so fundamentally everything into education, education, healthcare, like these areas that you would never think. Would, would be able to quickly adapt to this, this new world have been slow moving. But once the pandemic hit, absolutely breakneck pace to make sure that you have the ability to learn from home, the ability to do telehealth and telemedicine, where if you don't need to come into a place physically, you need to stay at home. I can't imagine why you would ever go back to the way it was before. It'll benefit traffic. It'll benefit the environment. Forget about whether you have a mass pandemic. Why would you and why would you be around people unless you absolutely needed to? That sounds very antisocial of me, but you get the point.
0: Absolutely. We've got to look at all the good that's actually come out of it, right? I flew into Los Angeles a few weeks ago and I actually did see the skyline. As we were, I don't remember the last time I did see that. San Francisco for that matter as well. So not having that many vehicles and people commuting is certainly helping the climate change disorder that we have been talking about for the last uh, decade or or two? I
1: I think there's no question. That being said, I I drive into the city a couple of times a week and the traffic is back, right? So I think that it's one thing to be forced into our homes and and, and to see those benefits because there's no choice. Air travel was significantly disrupted. You look now, travel is back to where it was pre-pandemic levels. Traffic, at least in the city, I assume in Los Angeles as well, is back to pre-pandemic levels. So I think a lot of that gain that, that that we got out of, of COVID, given the fact that people have this kind of fatigue of being trapped in their homes, we'll probably start to see, you'll, you'll, you're you going to see smog in that skyline again, unless people focus on that as an inherent benefit, which is probably the subject of the different podcasts. And
0: I think that's something that the cities and the counties probably need to adjust as well. I was actually in London recently, and uh, one of the things that I learned was that when you're coming to central London, you've got to pay a toll now. So it's like roughly about 10 to 15 pounds for a car that's relatively new and You know, qualifies on their emission levels. But if it's an older car, it could be an axe of 120 pounds just to drive into central London. Those changes are bound to happen. So, in general, I think the way we would uh, like to summarize 2021 is it's been a learning experience. It's been significantly transformational. We've adapted to technology, we have started to understand the value of technology. And it's creating opportunities for the next generation.
1: There's no question, and it's also highlighted the existence of our space. I can't enough talk about the when when this whole thing started. I guess it would be a year and a half in review at this point. I don't think there was a huge light on the importance of the underlying infrastructure that operates our digital world. And I think that given how how large the disruption was and how much people started to acutely depend on digital infrastructure, you now have. People that are focused on the resilience of internet connectivity at their homes, the the impact if AWS goes down or Google Compute is, is impacted by some sort of an outage. You have people that were not involved in technology at all talking about what's happening in, in data centers and what's happening with internet lines and and things like that because there's a clear impact on on their lives. So I think our goal of of demystifying technology, our goal of of shedding light on the the an industry that that has for far too long, been in in the background, couldn't have come at 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 a better time. And of course, it was born out of the fact that we were able to to focus on this because of the pandemic. So it's uh it's the chicken or the egg, I guess. Absolutely.
0: So I'm going to make a couple of predictions over here, and and just to just to go back in time, I think in 2020 when we launched Nomad Futurist, I had mentioned that we were going to be in it for a few years, and I, I predicted 2025. So we're two years into it. We have seen about. <laughs> maybe eight or nine different variants thus far. And there will be more. We ran out of uh, the numbers now and we are into Omicron and other Greek gods.
1: Well, we'll, we'll reconvene next year with uh, with
0: Zeta, with the Zeta variant Exactly. All right. So faster digital connections powered by PyoG and IoT. I believe the
1: GDP increased by 1.2 trillion to 2 trillion by 20. Look, this is, this is, this is, this is your, your wheelhouse. So far be it for me to, to, to question any of those predictions. And I think there, I look, I think it's right. I think there's no question that there's uh, the, the, the dependence on digital infrastructure is going to require that a cell phone providers, different data type providers continue to provide that throughput to all devices, not just for the benefit of cell phones, but for the benefit of autonomous vehicles and electric cars. You have a, I drive a Volvo. Volvo said that they are gonna get rid of all gas powered engines by by 2025. And it's not just an electric vehicle that doesn't use gas that comes out of it. If you look at how Tesla has evolved, everyone is gonna move in that direction where the vehicle is essentially a computer. That computer transmits data to you know a centralized location. So the electric vehicle is just almost an excuse to disrupt the entire fundamental makeup of what a vehicle is. And between autonomous driving and and all the other, you know, elements of, of data that's produced by, by that vehicle, it's gonna require tons and tons of, of throughput that are going to be achieved through things like 5G, things like Starlink and 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 what SpaceX is doing and 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 the ability to transmit data at, at breakneck Speeds, no matter where you are, in terms of the GDP, I have no insight into it, but those numbers keep on going up. So I have no doubt that uh, they'll 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 go up significantly between now and then. Money seems to just be be created and and enter the the economy at at crazy speeds, and I have no doubt that it will continue to uh, to do so. All right. So the next one is by the end of
0: 2025, we will be a connected world. We will be all connected, and that is rural America to Africa. Everyone in the world will be connected. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think there's again no question, no question. It's happening already, and I think it's 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 primarily happening as as uh, a consequence of like the next generation of how how internet is going to be provided. I, I I'll refer back to Starlink as an example, but there are all of these kind of wireless technologies that are going to come out that will allow you to pipe. High-speed internet connectivity to every corner of the earth, and that's what's going to cause that to happen. And once that gets solidified, then you don't have to think about it in the same terms as dredging for fiber or doing what uh, Level Three or 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 who, Genuity, whoever they were called, BBN Planet, when when they started doing it again you know, across the the, the railroad uh, tracks when they were dredging the initial fiber that that created the high-speed internet of today. In the U.S., we've already seen it with respect to cell phones, the leapfrogging of, of new markets that don't have older underlying infrastructure. They don't have a lot of copper infrastructure that needs to be upgraded. It kind of leapfrogged us in terms of how to having to to take a, a plain old telephone system type of environment and, and then move to cell phones. They just started with cell phones. So the same thing is going to happen. I, 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 I agree to. With getting high-speed internet to every corner of the planet, it's a question of what do we do with that interconnection? Do we bring up those 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 markets and empower the people that are in uh, those geographies that uh, with with new opportunities to to raise them up a little bit instead of having such a huge disconnect between what the the top tier countries have and what the smaller rural countries of the world have. That, that that is what is ripe for disruption and hopefully the interconnected world can address it. And we've started to see a significant amount of
0: growth in actually those secondary markets in third world countries. Africa is on the horizon so is Philippines and the other countries in, in Asia. No question. I, I, I believe by 2030 we will have that infrastructure established globally whereby we will have that last connect anywhere and everywhere in the world.
1: And and I think it's not going to take a while. It's not going to take a the cables will obviously power some aggregation sites. Obviously, the data centers of the world need to be physically interconnected. But I think the pace at which satellite technology, low orbit, high orbit, cellular technology are, are evolving is is not going to require a lot of that traditional fiber infrastructure. Let's hope that we're not having the conversation in twenty fifty of the impact of all these waves like bouncing around uh, in our heads. But uh, like by twenty thirty. I think we'll be connected.
0: All right. So a couple of other quick predictions. 50 billion devices, I believe, by 2025 would be connected. Robotics automation is going to become a norm. Distributed infrastructure, whereby full computing edge, that's going to be standardized so that we process data quickly. Data is going to be at everyone's fingertips. Artificial intelligence is also going to be normalized in some way, form, or shape. I think we need to get away from the whole artificial intelligence and what I've been uh, preaching the world there's nothing artificial about this intelligence it needs to be actionable intelligence so maybe we, we 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 wordsmith it for the industry
1: and you don't even have to change that's the nice thing about that wordsmithing is you don't have to change the initials
0: there you go exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Programming is going to change significantly. We are no longer going to be programming in the green screen. The, the architecture of the IT industry is going to change. I think we're going to see high density within the data center space as well. We've been talking about it for a long time. I think we're right at that chasm whereby we are going to start seeing that growth. And it's going to be fairly normal across everything that we do. Uh, blockchain, we haven't really touched a lot about it. And I think that should be one of the focuses for 2022 that we do talk about blockchain. And maybe crypto, but I do feel that it's going to revamp the industry that we're in. The fun stuff, and with having gone through the COVID era, well, we we're still in the COVID era. It's not over yet. I think the bio revolution and the integration of that with technology is something that's going to be a major topic of discussion in the upcoming years. Part man, part machine. There you go. I am one.
1: Uh, I no, you're not part machine. <laughs> To Stitched together. Uh, before, I mean, Frank, Frankenstein didn't have any parts; and just had a, lot of, had a lot of sutures. A lot of sutures. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I look. There's no question. It's exciting times. I think what what we need to do is make sure that you know people don't get scared of the potential disru- disruption to, to certain industries. And we, as an industry and as a society, try to live up to that. The, the kind of rising tide raises all boats, and make sure we're not leaving you know, people behind because the, the bottom line is this should be an opportunity for everyone. It should be an opportunity for everyone to grow and to to have more efficiency and productivity within their lives. This should not disrupt mankind. It should make mankind more efficient.
0: Absolutely. And I think there's a fear factor that uh, technology has taken jobs and right. part of our initiative as Nomad is to demystify technology, encourage people to come into our space. Like yeah. all the times over the over multiple centuries, jobs have been eliminated and they'll continue to be eliminated. But imagine how many other opportunities are being opened. So use this as, as a learning experience. We want to share the stories with people. We want to share potential opportunities with people. We started in this industry, not knowing where this industry is going to go or what this industry would mean. And we have learned through the years. So life is constant education. So be open to it and, and, and don't be afraid of taking risks. Or changing industries.
1: Truer words could not be spoken. What the, I'm uh, now, we're going to shift to something personal just for a moment because I said when you came on the thing that you look, you look great, you look energetic. And any listener of our podcast would probably know that within the last year, there's been some disruption in our lives beyond just the pandemic with, with you know, the happy birthday for the third time with your third birthday. Yeah. Happened back in, back in June. So I think I would speak for all of our tens of listeners. When, when, when I ask, how are you feeling, man? I how feel free to How, how has the, how, is the, how is the progress been of your...
0: Absolutely phenomenal. I feel very fortunate and, and to have that experience with you, <laughs> for, for you to be right there with me, Phil, that was absolutely uh, phenomenal. But, uh,
1: <laughs> better, probably better for you than it was for me, but it, it's, it's one of those things like shared, the, those shared experiences are what, you know, bind people together. So I would do it over again in a heartbeat, but my gosh. Was it scary at the time? Exactly. Yeah. Let's let's not do it again. It hurt quite a bit. I, it's not. It's. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. It hurt emotionally. It hurt physically. But let's hope we never have to do it again. That's Absolutely. Right.
0: Yeah. To answer your question, how do I feel? I feel great. I think it was just a validation of what we set forth as our goals and and the journey that we we have set forth on as well with Nomad Futurists and finding our purpose. What a, what a segue!
1: What a segue!
0: So I've been talking after I came back uh, from the dead and, and getting a brand new sternum, I did some more thinking. I, I, I tried to figure out and started connecting myself to figure out what is my purpose as an individual. Again, I mean, I've gone through that six years ago. Not that I, I deviated or lost it, but it was more about how fragile life is. You can do all the right things. You can follow the protocol and follow medical science, but you still don't know. There is no guarantees. We were playing tennis and I wasn't huffing and puffing. I think I was in fairly decent shape. So the validation was very important, whereby it's about giving back to the community. It's about giving back to the society. It's about helping the younger generation. It's about creating awareness and embracing our voice and understanding the life and work balance. Unfortunately, in the society that we live in, it's really about work, 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 and work. Nobody actually puts enough emphasis on life, and we have talked about this on multiple occasions. Whereby, if you don't have an opportunity to live, there is no work. So we need to learn and and prioritize what's important uh, to all of us, and uh, try to do good things for others.
1: I think at the end of the at the end of the day, if you if you look at it, and what you say is is obviously incredibly meaningful because of what you experienced. But when you see the fragility of life, you start thinking about like what what would, what would the world be like if you left? Like, did you make it, obviously you made a difference to your family and you made a difference to those people that are directly around you, but have you really used your time to leave, you know, a mark on this world to make sure it's a, it's a better one than the one you came into. And I think we're, we're pretty much the same age. So we're we're not really at the age yet where you start thinking about those things because we still have that feeling of invincibility until we don't. And I think it it it's it's incredibly true that when you experience something, when you see something, I didn't even experience. I just kind of saw it. You're, you start inherently thinking about your own mortality and 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 what have you done and 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 has it been Purposeful. So I, I've said this on many occasions that this, this this journey is is the most fulfilling one that that I've had in, in, in my career. I couldn't have done it if I didn't have the career I've had because it's the it's it's the only one that gives me the context to to see it. But I I, I look forward to continuing to uh, to have an impact on on uh, on the world and using the Nomad Futurist, obviously the podcast, and now for the newly formed foundation to try to make a positive impact on on this world.
0: So we've got uh, great goals set up for 2022, folks. Nomad Futurist is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation, and we are also an NGO. Phil and I have had plenty of conversations as it entails to what do we want to do when we grow up, and I think one of them is actually to help the younger generation. So we want to develop scholarship funds for kids in underdeveloped regions around the world. Hopefully at some point in time, we can raise enough money to build a school that is going to teach kids a technical skill set to bridge the digital divide and the technical divide that we are getting ready to face in the upcoming years. Uh, with all the predictions that uh, I made earlier, this gap is going to get bigger and wider. Uh, it's going to be basically a sinkhole. So we are at that point in time where we need to actually lay a strong foundation and help the younger generation and be able to pass the baton. So those are some of the initiatives that we're working on. And your guys's help is... Imperative. We can't do this without you. And we are going to be on the circuit as well next year. I think I just signed up for speaking engagements about a dozen of them for 2022. Phil and I'll be in Austin as well, and we'll be spreading the word and uh, sharing our stories and uh, what we're trying to accomplish and give back.
1: It'll be it'll it'll be an interesting year. There's no question about it, and and an exciting one at that. We're certainly looking forward to being in Austin in and, and, and March and and talking about this very topic, the topic of how to find. Your unique talent and and, and bring it in, in, into our space, but fundamentally speaking, what Nabil says is entirely right. We're trying to build a foundation make sure that the you know children who are exposed to technology at, a, at an incredibly young age understand not just how it works but why it works, and that's going to be the way we we create the leadership of tomorrow to bring the passion for technology and, and critical infrastructure that that we have experienced for our entire careers and and. And expose that to, to children that can really make a difference in the future.
0: Outstanding. And with that said, we are going to have plenty of exciting guest speakers joining us for the rest of the year.
1: Oh my gosh, it's gonna be it's 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 gonna be crazy. We're 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 looking forward to to maintaining the same crazy cadence of releases and 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 creating content and sharing the story of the people that have really built the world that that we all benefit from with respect to the, the digital applications and that we're all using and everyone. One of them has had an interesting winding story or road that we hope uh, will resonate with 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 the folks out there and and really help bring bring get excitement around people coming into our space.
0: Well, with that said, folks, Phil and I really appreciate your support and listening to what we have to say and spreading the word uh, and being the Nomad Futurist ambassadors. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys in the next one.
1: Thank you. Thank you, everyone, and uh, happy 2022. This has been great.
0: Nothing lasts forever. Markets will come back, currencies will rebound, businesses will go on, and we'll all move on. That could happen next week, next month, or next year. I'm confident that those who prepare, rather than panic, will come out of this stronger. Thank you for joining us. This has been brought to you by Nomad Futurist. Check us online at nomadfuturist.com